When looking for a new home, location is so important. And as sports fans, you obviously want to be close to your favorite sports teams. So if you're in the market of buying a new home, you gotta check out Aria Denver Homes. They are located just 10 minutes away from downtown, Coors Field, Pepsi Center, and Bronco Stadium at Mile High. So what makes Aria Denver unique is the home buying process is all about you. You know, we offer free home inspections. We make sure we're in a great location in Denver, um, as well as we outreach into the community and have a lot of involvement with a lot of different businesses, as well as, you know, parks and other areas in the location. Like Tyler mentioned, Aria Denver believes the home buying process is all about you. That's why they offer that free home inspection, customizable finishes, and brand new appliances. But that's not all. So we specifically have a greenhouse on campus at Aria um, that residents are able to sign up for a subscription service and have fresh veggies delivered to, to their door each week. And then we also have a great relationship with Regis University. So our partnership with Regis allows residents to have access to the fitness center and gym. Move today where everyone wants to live tomorrow. To learn more, go to www.aria.denverskylofts.com or call them today at 720-372-1022. Good to be back. Feels good to be back. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by the Green Solution. Got you again. <laughs> the Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now. Go to their website, mygreensolution.com. Order your flour, concentrates, edibles, topicals, or whatever else online, and then head to the closest Green Solution to pick it up. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Well, Zach. First quick. off, Ryan. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Welcome home. Thank you. Thank welcome you. home. To, how is the Mile High Air treating you? Uh, actually, not as great as I would hope. <laughs> I'm really, uh, really dealing with some allergies this morning. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. Maybe like going to a field in Ohio, which is basically where I stayed. Um <laughs> Like, I, like, lost my, like, anecdote for Colorado allergies. Like, my body tried to, like, figure out how to fix those allergies. And yep. then now these ones are all, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doctor. But uh, it feels great to be back. Had an awesome time out there in Canton. Um, I wasn't able to catch your guys' podcast, so I don't know what I missed, what I need to uh, address here. But You're a busy man out there. Yeah, you know, that was one thing that was a, a little bit of a bummer, I guess, was it was just one thing after another, after another, after another, like, I wasn't able to necessarily write as much as I wanted to because there was no downtime. Um, so, you know, I, I wrote a piece about uh, Pat Bolin that I would encourage you guys to read, but like, I wrote that f from the airport yesterday. I like finally, like, I, I was just like, I'm just going to go to the airport early and write my story and finally got a 
got a chance to sit down and, and crank out some stuff. So um, hopefully a few more things coming from there. Um, I talked to a couple of Broncos fans, a couple subscribers for one story that I'm working on. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But, man, speaking of uh, seeing some subscribers, we had an amazing time on Friday night. Um, <laughs> all right, I guess I got to set the stage here for you. <laughs> So remember, um, whatever the last day we did a podcast, what would that have been? Last Wednesday. Wednesday yep. I was like, no one reached out to me and gave me a place to meet. So yep. I'm just going to look up the nearest bar to the Canton <laughs> Civic Center because that's where I'm going to be for the Gold Jacket Dinner. Um, and I'll just tell everyone to go there. And so I found a place uh, just like on Google Maps and it was called Passion Blues. And I'm like, oh, and like they have live music. I'm like, yeah. this place sounds great. So... I run into a girl that I went to college with and she lived right down the street from me on the night of the game. And she's like, Oh, we should meet up. Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you should come to, uh, to passion blues on Friday night. She's like, okay, cool. So then while I'm at the gold jacket dinner, <laughs> I get a text from her that says, uh, she was like staying with her parents cause her parents live nearby to Canton. And she's like, uh, my mom said I'm not allowed to go to Passion Blues <laughs> because it's super sketch. <laughs> what? And I'm like, uh-oh, what have I done? <laughs> but in my head, I'm like... You can't change it now. Oh, yeah. Definitely couldn't change it at that point. I already told everyone to go there. Um, but in my head, I'm like, it's like two blocks from where I am right now. And where I am is fine. So, anyways... Uh, I get in the car and head over there and eh, area could have been better, but here's the kicker. So it actually turns out that Eamon Badwin, um, Zach Castro and Eamon's, um, cousin, all, we all pulled in at like the exact same time. Mm. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll all just walk in together. So I open one door to go in and then I go to open the next door it's locked i'm like what and i can hear the music so i know they're not like closed well a few seconds later a guy opens the door and lets us in i didn't really think of any anything of it at the time i was like oh that was weird that the door was locked it must have just like been an accident so we go over and uh sit down at our table order a couple cold snacks and then i look up and behind the bar they have a screen with a camera that shows that little room that we went in till like before we got in and they have a button that can unlock the door or they have a bouncer and he has his own screen too oh so literally they've got surveillance so they can see who who wants to come in and decide whether or not they want to let him in or not do you know what they do to the people that they don't want to let in they, like, spray them with water or something? I, th I assume they just don't open the door. <laughs> Eventually, the people will leave. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's the type of place it was. But. So you felt safe once you were inside. Yeah. I mean, the crowd inside was totally normal. Um, There's good music. A little, like, Jimi Hendrix cover band playing <laughs> in there. Um, we were on, like, the back side of the bar, so the music didn't interfere with our conversation too much. But. Man, we had a really good time. We got there at about 9.45. We didn't leave, I think, until 1 in the morning. Ooh. So we were there telling stories, talking Broncos. Um, 
watching Shark Week on television. <laughs> uh, but we really had a good time. I ordered a salad, Zach. I didn't eat dinner before we got there. I ordered a salad that literally came with like a whole a whole farm on it. Wow. Like it was it had three different types of meat on it. And <laughs> what? I'm telling you, this thing was piled like seven inches off the bowl. <laughs> with just like chicken, like steak, uh ham like it was just like overflowing <laughs> i couldn't even like put my fork into it without it. so that was kind of funny but uh no it was awesome time so shout out to everyone who came um it was amen it was zach it was amen's cousin and then uh joseph so awesome time awesome that's, time that's awesome couple bsn shirts out oh but but yeah it is so weird that the Obviously, the you know the reason that Pro Football Hall of Fame is in Canton is because that's where the NFL was founded. But it is so weird that like everything just focuses down on this tiny little town in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. And heck, where I stayed was thirty minutes, I think, northwest of there. And this was like, like to get there, which was like kind of sketch driving in this at like <laughs> two a.m. two in the morning. To get there, you had to drive through, like, a one-lane dirt road through the middle of, like, a forest. Wow. And, like, I was pretty sketched out. There's, like, a thin layer of fog, like, hanging over the over you the road. You think someone was going to jump out and kidnap I you? I was just like, man, like, if I crash, like, I don't know, something happens. Like, a deer comes and I crash. Or like, what would I do? I had no <laughs> cell service. I, like, I just, I'd just be done out here that's in in what town sebring 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 ohio um my airbnb was nice they even they had like a little chalkboard on my door it said like welcome ryan that was a nice touch um they had cold water that's all i can really ask for but man it was uh it was interesting cold water wouldn't wouldn't people typically say they had hot water that's all i could ask for no, only weirdos. <laughs> and it was bottled, so I never had to have any Ohio tap water, which mm. is good. You never know what you're going to get. Speaking of tap water, we had someone invade our podcast for five minutes on Friday. Can you guess who that would be? Someone invaded our podcast. I could not. Okay, I'll call a special guest. Oh, we had Brandon, Brandon Spano, Spano. <laughs> on the pod, and he talked about tap water. He said we need to stop calling it Colorado water. That tastes good. He says we need to call it Denver water that tastes good because he said just where he is in Highlands Ranch right now, moved from Denver to Highlands Ranch, says the water is awful. Douglas County's water is awful, he says. So he says we need to isolate it just down to Denver. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> when I say Colorado, there's only two places in Colorado. There's Denver and there's Boulder. Those are the only two I, like everything else doesn't even count. That's fair. I I, I can I can roll with that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm... and and there's the mountains. Oh yeah, three, mountain three water's good too. Yep, yep. You're good. You in got all Denver, three Boulder, and just <laughs> the mountains. Yep, yep. Like don't I don't know about Vail, Steamboat, Breckenridge. Ah, oh, Breckenridge. <laughs> damn good beers. Keystone. You, you know how they make A their Basin. damn good beer? It's Colorado damn water. Damn good water. Yep. Um, it's just Denver, Boulder. The mountains. Because <laughs> so, we had a listener reach out. I'm not out worried about 
Highlands Ranch or anything else. Because <laughs> we had a, a listener reach out who was, you know, even more suburb, suburb of Highlands Ranch. I think, like, just on the eastern plains. And they said, the water here is not very good. So it would fall into your, your conversation. You guys got it all wrong. I, I'm in DTC. Water's still good. So maybe that's the cutoff. <laughs> but it's still Denver. I yeah. have a Denver address. Yep. Thankfully. <sighs> I don't, sorry for you guys. I'm sure Fort Collins water isn't good either. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh, quick things. I think first thing I want to talk about is uh, the game. Just a, a quick thing. I was talking to a media member who will remain nameless yesterday. <laughs> We're actually on the same plane. and In the same row. Uh, wow. and next to each other? I was next to a media member. I would I would say who that was, but that would just end up being too much of a lead because I don't want to put this person on blast directly because I like them a lot. But they were making like sweeping generalizations about the Broncos based on what we saw in the Hall of Fame game. About the Broncos that started like three players? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. just wanted um, to get that straight. And I, I, it's like a type of person that, first of all, you know me, I fall asleep instantly on planes, so I didn't want to argue with them. <laughs> But in my head, I was just thinking, like, how could you make these? Like, one of the things they said was, like, oh, Rich Gangarello is going to be painfully conservative. And I was thinking, like, what? How would you devise that from what we just saw, which is, like, literally the mo- considered to be the most vanilla game in the history of football? It wasn't even preseason, Zach. It was pre-preseason. <laughs> Isn't preseason just so freaking boring because coaches don't want to show anything yeah it's all about player evaluation you do your base and you just want to see how player x does against player y and you don't want to show anything to the oakland raiders come week one so that to me uh, was a head scratcher um one thing that i think you actually can take away is that kevin hogan is very much on this team right now uh and to his credit, because we haven't done that much here on this podcast, he was the best quarterback out there by a long shot. It was the it was the best he's been through all of training camp. He right now, as Vic Fangio would, would slyly call him, he's a gamer as of right now. He is, and so and that actually checks out because he was a gamer at Stanford. He's the most he's the winningest quarterback in the history of Stanford. There's been a few Stanford quarterbacks, right? I know of one for sure. I can think of two. <laughs> oh, I guess three now through on Kevin one? Hogan. Luck. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. He's pretty good, too. <laughs> and don't forget about whatever the guy's name is who's there now who's kind of good. <laughs> KJ Costello. Speaking of the first one, John just pulled up. So good timing there, John. Good time. He heard his ears ringing. He wanted to come on the podcast and defend why he's not the winningest quarterback in Stanford history. Didn't actually, didn't actually win a lot of games. No. Uh, at Stanford back in his day, which is... A defense for Drew Locke not winning that many games. Mm. Patrick Mahomes didn't win many games either. Mm. Anyways, um, the other sweeping generalization, and this wasn't actually from that media member. It's just from fans being fans, and I, and I get why <laughs> people panic. Um, but it's just the, the Drew Locke is a bust, or Drew Locke was so disappointing, I expected more, blah, blah, blah. This is – look, I get it. He wasn't good. It was hard to watch. He also didn't have any protection for most of the night. And it's his first ever time on a field like this. You just saw why they're happy they have Joe Flacco here. Yep. 
And you saw why Drew Locke fell to the second round. And that's okay. Because we know that Drew Locke has the tools. But the reason he fell to the second round is because he wasn't ready. He's not ready. And he doesn't need to be ready for this team. Um, but if there's something that I took away as it relates to Kevin Hogan and Drew Locke, and I'll let you speak on this in a second, uh, is I think they're going to keep Kevin because of what you saw out there, which is that Drew isn't ready. And I think it's gonna, they're going to make a point to say, you know what, let's keep Drew as the three. And, you know, touch wood, if, if Joe Flacco gets injured in week one, then we don't have to put Drew in and derail our whole plans just because Joe Flacco sprained his ankle. But so you're going to cut the game-winning touchdown thrower, Brett Rippon? No, he's going to come up limp in week five <laughs> of the preseason. <laughs> because if you need him this year, well, you're you're in big trouble. And here's the thing with Brett Rippon is like, are you willing to risk the plan for who you believe is the future of the franchise – for your undrafted quarterback? The answer is no. So I like Brett Rippon. I think you like Brett Rippon. Um, I hope the Broncos are able to keep him. And if they just have to put him on the practice squad, great. Remember, every other team in the NFL didn't want him. You know, obviously there's some teams who are interested in getting him as an undrafted free agent, but it's not as if teams are going to say, oh my God. Peyton Manning's on the market. Like, we'll fall all over ourselves to <laughs> cut one of our guys to make sure we can bring in that guy. And let's also note that Brett wasn't that impressive. He threw up a ball, and Juwan Winfrey did all the work anyway. So, I think they're going to keep three quarterbacks, and I think that Kevin Hogan is going to be kept, and he's going to remain the backup so that the Broncos don't have to change their plans based off of unforeseen circumstances yeah i was just playing about brett Rippon, but ryan dwayne haskins will make his nfl debut this week i would imagine uh who are the other quarterback uh, uh i want to leave kyler murray out of this because of how much you'll salivate over the idea mm-hmm. of watching him play a game uh and daniel jones i imagine will make his nfl debut this week if they had the exact same game as drew Locke, would you be surprised not at all would you be calling them busts no. Would you be saying, what were you doing? Well, you may say this at drafting Daniel Jones at number five, but or six, wherever that was. But what, what, would you be, you're not writing them off right away. No. No, you're not saying, oh my gosh, this is why Dwayne Haskins fell to 15, because he, he had four incomplete passes. I was shocked that Drew Locke went seven for 11. I mean, it did not feel like that type of game. Now, the, th- the 34 yards kind of falls into place of, okay, it was just all short stuff. But, you know, outside of overthrowing a few balls and being uncomfortable in that very last series, he was okay. He wasn't, he didn't come out there and uh, look like a scared goat the entire time. It was just that that last series when, when he freaked out. And you know what he looked like? He looked like a rookie quarterback making his NFL debut. And it, yeah, exactly. Um and the other thing, uh, people were really hot. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Remember when Brandon <laughs> tweeted the first day of camp? Like, Drew Locke's amazing. Start him right yep, now. Yeah. And, like, we knew it was tongue-in-cheek, yep. but it got people fired up anyway. Another media member who will remain nameless. 
<laughs> I got to get the names of these media members after it's this. It's so funny because I swear our listeners like take notes because <laughs> there were so many questions like this at the meetup on Friday night. Like, wait, oh, who, who did this? <laughs> who said that? Who trashed your tent? Um, another media member who remained nameless came up to me and was like, you guys really need to pump the brake on this Drew Locke stuff. <laughs> and i was like i know who that is and i was like i bet you do and i was like what are you talking about because neither you or i have said anything of the sort of start yeah and uh he's like what did your boy uh spano tweet the first day of camp and i was like oh that was completely tongue-in-cheek just to get people fired up and it worked and the person didn't believe me. <laughs> like, they thought I was, like, trying to cover for him. And I was like, no. That was seriously, like, a joke. <laughs> it was frustrating. Anyways, no one is saying to start Drew Locke right now. Like, literally no one. No. Uh, at least no one that's been out here. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> that was fresh on my mind. But the other thing I've heard a lot is that Vic Fangio is being too hard on Drew Locke. What do you think of that? Vic Fangio's be- No. No. In fact, Ryan, it's... The, the, the phrase I heard was not having his guys back. No. No, not at all. And in fact, I feel like it's the exact opposite. He's a guy... Where, what do you guys want? Do you want Vance Joseph of last year where everything's great, everything's fine, everyone's Paxton's doing well? Paxton. Right, exactly. He's tall, good week of practice. I know you guys don't want the good, the good week of practice, the good Wednesday practice. Please do not bring that up ever on this podcast. <laughs> So what do you want? You want Vic to just say the exact same thing again? You, you want Vic to be saying everything's good at uh, seven for eleven? He, he th- overthrew a few balls. Don't worry about it, guys. Just just let him go. Be nice on my guy. I got his back. No, yeah, I know you guys don't want that. And in fact, what what's the the belief? Once someone, especially a guy like Vic, stops being critical on guys that he believes in, it means he doesn't believe in them anymore. It mean, it means they're done. Once once people stopped asking questions about Paxton last year, it's because everyone knew. No one needed to know. No one needed to ask. When you stop talking about someone and you stop caring, it shows you exactly where they are. Drew, he's the future. So clearly the Broncos are are doing the complete opposite of what they did with Paxton. They're not giving him anything. Paxton was supposed to be given the starting job. He was battling... Uh, Mark Sanchez, who they traded a conditional seventh-round pick for. And when they traded him, John Elway said, I assure you guys, we're going to make other moves at the quarterback position. They had a seventh-round pick, Trevor Simeon. That was Paxton's job to have. Now, is it the craziest thing that, that, that he has to battle uh, Brett or Kevin Hogan for the backup job? No, that doesn't seem like the, the most difficult thing for Drew to do. But he's got Joe Flacco there, so that they're making him earn every single thing. And they're making him earn it. They're not just going to give it to him. So they're, they're going to uh, to challenge him on a daily basis. And here's another thing. They don't plan on playing Drew. Like I just said, they don't plan on playing Drew this year. So their whole entire plan here is to force him to get better. And if there's one thing that went wrong with Paxton Lynch, and there were many, but one main thing is that they – they gave him that year, that first year off, essentially. And he did not do – he didn't do anything with it. He just enjoyed his time off. He said, I'm getting $5 million 
to just sit here and have no expectations and don't need to do anything? And I think the Broncos look back and say, we should have pushed him a lot harder. We should have made him get better. And I think that's what you're seeing right now. The, you know, a lot of the players have talked about how they want Vic Fangio's approval. Well, Vic Fangio is going to make Drew Locke earn every single compliment that he gets from him. And I don't even think he's gotten one yet. Uh, he got, uh, he wasn't good enough except for his scramble. Uh, <laughs> scramble. He got complimented the scramble. And, and it, it, it hasn't been all tough on Drew Locke who, oh man. He has said like he's progressing right. and stuff like that. It exactly. So it there's been some harsh comments about he's not a quarterback. He's a hard throwing pitcher learning how to pitch. That's that's intense. That's harsh. That sends a message. Uh, there's the comments after the game which you mentioned and, and you wrote about. Uh, and then there there's the he's progressing. He's doing better. And man, he's out here and does he look good? He just looks like a baller. He will be. He will be a baller one day. <laughs> so don't worry. Take a deep breath. A deep breath. It's going to be okay. I think the thing that's most fresh on Broncos fans' mind and the last thing that I think that we have to cover here is just uh, the enshrinement ceremony last night. And uh, the bowling thing was nice. It's kind of awkward because another like dumb thing from the Hall of Fame. The only people who are allowed to give a speech are the person who is being enshrined. Obviously, Pat couldn't do that for himself. So... He just got the same introduction that everyone else got, and then they just unveiled the bus, and that was it. Was I the only one that thought Greek was actually going to give a speech? I didn't know until Friday Okay, that he that there was no speech. Yeah. And, and again, and that's a, a Hall of Fame rule. Like, why? Why are there rules for this? It's so silly. It really is. I mean, it's Dude, a ceremony. The, the Hall of Fame is weird, man. Like, <laughs> like obviously, is it cultish. It's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> that is exactly the word I was going to say. Um, obviously, it's very well documented on this podcast that I'm not the most pro Hall of Fame person. Um, and man, just being there, like, obviously, I was really happy for Champ. Really happy for the Bolins. That was what was kind of driving my excitement for the event. But, dude, the gold jacket dinner is done in this, like, ballroom. And you've got David Baker, who is, like, the largest human ever, <laughs> standing upon this, like, dais that's 20 feet off the ground, like, speaking out upon the people. <laughs> and now it's just like, this is so weird. It's like Lion King, where he's on the rock. It's like a king, like... <laughs> Like projecting out to the city, and I was <laughs> just sitting there like, "This is so weird." <laughs> like I get the ceremonial nature of everything, right? And, and I tried to like get entrenched into this, but I'm like, "You have all these like very wealthy, accomplished men in gold jackets, like standing in a line to like congratulate the new members of the fraternity," and I I was just. It's a little weird. <laughs> so that's why they, I think that's why they have all these like weird rules. Yeah. Because it's almost like its own little society. That is bizarre. And like everyone that like works in the Hall of Fame and just like there's like these offices and I'm just like this is like it's almost I feel like it's a bigger deal to the people who are a part of the Hall of Fame yeah. committee and all that stuff than it even is to the 
to the fans or the people who are getting inducted, and that makes it weird to it, me. That makes it very, very weird. And that, I guess that would make sense of why have it in Canton. It's because that's just another weird little thing to it. It's weird. <laughs> it is certainly weird. Um, I, I forget what the point I was making was. Um, it's the Hall of Fame. Oh, weird. yeah. So weird they, yeah rules. So, well, so they weren't. They didn't allow Greek to give a speech, which is just okay. Weird. Um, Champ Bailey, man. Whew. Yep. I, I, it couldn't have been a better um, symbolic, you know, uh, thing for his career because he was locked in. Mm-hmm. Not read. I mean, had notes. Not reading off the notes. Naming off like 40 people in a row just off the top of his head. That blew my mind. All by their nicknames. Yeah. Um, he knocked it out of the park in terms of thanking his coaches and thanking the Broncos country and thanking anyone and everyone involved. But, man, the message that he delivered at the end, it was so well articulated. And I was so um, happy for him because I felt like, he he thought to himself, this might be the last stage I have that's going to be this grand to deliver a message that's important to me. And he delivered it with such class and such poise. And you could tell it really, really, really meant a lot for him. And uh, just witnessing that, it, it, it made me emotional because I was so, like I said, just happy for Champ that he was able to, to deliver that message that was clearly important to him. And I don't think... It, anyone could have delivered it any better i think it made everyone just so proud of course his family his mom uh which he mentioned uh, many times but also broncos country but also nfl fans and also just anyone else that that watched it you don't have to be an nfl fan to appreciate his message to appreciate what he did and that is that's Probably the, the, the coolest thing that you can do in a speech is make everyone, everyone proud and, and happy, and especially for Broncos country. And without reading, I think, the entire uh, message, which was long, and I encourage you to watch uh, and, and for yourself and, and listen. But the message that he was giving was, hey, to all of, uh, on behalf of black men, to all of our white friends, please listen. Just listen when we when we speak to you about our struggles, our fears, um, you know, our trials and tribulations. Because, in his words, if our friends won't listen, then then no one will. Right. And I thought it was just powerful because there's been a lot of very uh, powerful speeches on the topic of race and that sort of thing. But I felt like this was a very pointed um, message that I heard, hadn't heard delivered in that way before, and. and uh, it's why I tweeted out because I felt it was really, impo- I think that's a really important message, uh, that everyone can learn from and, and it doesn't matter your pol- political standing or anything like that, but in all senses of life and especially the one that champ is talking about, we can do a better job of listening. Like so many things would be improved if we all just did a better job of listening to each other. So hats off to champ because I, I really felt like he won the night with that message he did he did and and he did a fantastic job used his stage and platform to to send a fantastic message and that it was so cool to see because the beginning of his speech thanked everyone 
Then, uh, I mean, the part about the Broncos was so cool, saying that it was it was the best thing that ever happened to his career, taking a shot at Chargers fans. Uh, awesome. B- loving Broncos country, praising Broncos country, and then he goes in this very deep message. It was it was awesome. Really awesome. Okay. I think that's a good place for us to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back on the other side, we'll get to your questions. The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, We have trip to Streamsong. We have a trip to Bandon Dunes. We have a trip to Sand Valley. And then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org. Rolling along here on the BSN Broncos podcast, and we can't go much further without giving a shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver, and just damn good beers. Um, I got a lot of crap from our uh, subscribers that met up with me at Passion Blues <laughs> because I didn't bring any Breckenridge <laughs> beers. And specifically, I didn't bring Strawberry Sky, and I can promise you this, they didn't have Strawberry <laughs> Sky behind the bar at Passion Blues. Um... So to those guys, I'm sorry, but I only take a carry-on. When I travel, I have a duffel bag. I put everything, and this is a small duffel bag. It's it's carry-on on Frontier, which they call yep. a personal item. Yep. So I put all my, my suit in there for the game, my clothes, my computer, my charger, anything that I need. Usually an extra pair of shoes. This time I designed it so I wouldn't need an extra pair of shoes. Wow. Um, which was a big dub. Anyways, I didn't have room for the Breckenridge beers, but everyone has Breckenridge room for Breckenridge beers in their life. So, go on to their website, use the beer locator. If you want to find Strawberry Sky, it's under there on BR Strawberry. Um, if you're just looking for the nearest place near you that has Breckenridge beer, the beer locator will tell you exactly what ha- what do they have near you and uh, where you can get it and what ones you can get. I just love how the BSN community is buying into them and trusting us, and all the reviews have been positive. So hey, you're a little skeptical of, of Ryan or I? Well, just listen to everyone else and make sure you go out and grab some tonight. It's still the weekend. Go get some. I had no idea what day it was until you just said that. This <laughs> <sighs> has been, uh, been a long week. <laughs> all right. Um, shout out to Breckenridge Bre- Beers. Damn good beers. How about the fantasy game? Mm. Uh, I think I know how this went because there were only two touchdowns scored in the game and both of them were by your team. And no no one else was – like, it's not like there were standouts that didn't have touchdowns. So I have a feeling I got blown out here. My first two draft picks came through. I, I, I got to call myself – who's the best drafter in NFL history? 
Zach Stevens. I, you can just call him. You can just you it's can just say question. it's me. Um, Ryan, your team, your highest scorer was. Do you know who would who would be? I don't. Need, oh, I can I can look at my team right here. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say Devonte Jackson. Yep, exactly. He had 26 yards. 2.6 points, Two, baby. 2.6 points. Your your highest guy. Um, yeah, that just didn't get it done for you. You finished with nine point <laughs> three six points. What's That's that equate so to? You, you, your whole team equated for 93 receiving yards or rushing yards or 20 yards or no 30 yards with an injury. Or, or with a touchdown. My team, 23.58 points. Hang on. So if you take away the – even you still would have won even without the touchdowns. Yep, even without both But still, <laughs> barely. There were not very many fantasy points to be had out on that field. There were not. Devontae Booker got me zero since he didn't play. Uh, Austin Fort got me negative one point. Oh, my God. Trinity Benson got you zero points. Troy Fumagalli got you .6 points. I mean, it was – it was an ugly game Tough in terms scrapping of fantasy. Out there. So who, <laughs> outside of your two touchdown getters, who was your leading point scorer? Kalafani Muhammad. Even, even, or Kalafani Muhammad, even without the touchdown. Oh, but okay, what about just another player? Juwan Winfrey. No, nope. take away the touchdown. Then I had Kevin Hogan okay. coming in at 1.48 points. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Locke for you had 1.96. Oh, so he was the better quarterback. Unless, do sacks count? I don't think so. Okay. Well, I don't know an well, ESPN. And NFL.com, they count. I I hate that. <laughs> it's not your fault when you get sacked. So we're not doing sacks. Usually. Uh, yeah. One of them was his fault. Drew's was his fault. One of them. Yeah. One, one of, of the two. Yep. So we're not doing sacks I for future. So. Okay. No sacks. Especially against – I mean, that was a big problem for Drew. Drew's a safe play moving forward then. We're not counting sacks. I like not that. Not really because – he can't get in a rhythm back there because he's standing behind turnstiles. You know what I love, though? I love that he's taking shots. Oh, yeah. And that after the first one that was incomplete, he still went back to it. He tried it out. Same play. Yep. It's just a different uh, a different receiver. Yep. They gave him a little faster one, so they thought maybe he would run under it a little better. And, but. and don't forget, Chris Collinsworth put that first one completely on Noah Fant. Now, if you want to believe it or not, who knows, but it's coming from a receiver. Why... Would Noah Fant not be going 100% on that play? That's a touchdown play. That's It's drawn up in the huddle as a touchdown play. Why would he not be running 100%? I think it was more that just he's not in 100% shape is is what I think training camp legs means. Is like he's just he's really tired, uh, and Drew Locke was playing that planning for him to be you know going 100%, and his speed was at 80. Not that he wasn't giving 100. So his 100% was just lower. Right. <laughs> so then it's not his fault it's not or is it his fault for i feel like can you blame a rookie for not having their training camp legs chris certainly believes so <laughs> what I, I what could he have done better i mean obviously I, I was critical of noah early in camp for his shape but i think he's in shape now but i guess is the theory that if he would have come in in better shape then he wouldn't have training camp legs exactly. right now? Exactly. If he would have come in strong, then those first few workouts wouldn't have made him sore, is my type of thinking. Meh. And when you're sore, you can't lift as much. He's saying, he, he's saying he should have been Connor McGovern and just, just came in as strong as possible. I just think if you got training camp legs after 10 practices, <laughs> I'm concerned about what's going to happen to you um, in week 14. 
Hmm. As with most rookies, right? right? There's the wall, and they'll tell us, "No, there's no wall." And then the next year, they'll say, "Yeah, there's definitely a wall. hit the wall, a wall there at the end of the season." <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, congratulations on your thank you, thank you. One and zero. We'll remember U- this. Ugly, ugly. You're victory. on. You're on a very tough uphill battle now. Hey. There's four more games. <laughs> Me and Drew Locke are feeling the same right now. Mm. Not our best performance in the first week, but we are fully committed to doing everything it takes. Here's the thing, though, Ryan. You're, you're no rookie. I give Drew Locke the benefit of the doubt by being a rook. You're no rookie. You're a seasoned vet that's just lost it. <laughs> um, you're on your... Speaking of seasoned... Well, this is a seasoned vet that never had it. Uh, it's Pax and Lynch week. Yes. Yes. Isn't that great? It's awesome. <laughs> I, he's probably going to, he's probably going to carve up the Broncos. He probably is, isn't he? <laughs> no, the second team defense is too good. And or vi- third, oh. I don't know who he's running with. They looked like it. I mean, uh, uh against, oh, Kurt Benkert didn't look, didn't look too shabby, but they, what they still held him. What an annoying name. Yeah, seriously. I was thinking about that name today. Our friend Vic Lombardi always talks about punchable faces. <laughs> That's a punchable name. <laughs> it really is. Kurt Benkert. <laughs> Listen, there's people who say, like, uh, you shouldn't trust anyone with two first names, which you're close, but that little <laughs> S saves you on the end. I'm not a subscriber to that. But I will say, never trust anyone with three first names when two of them are the same. <laughs> Kurt Ben Kurt. Kurt Ben Kurt. Can you guess what part of the country he's from? Frankfurt. <laughs> what part of the country? He's from Frankfurt? Frankfurt, Germany. Yes. Frankfurt, Germany. <laughs> yeah, I would go somewhere out east. Do you know? No. Oh, come on. No. You can't just throw that out there. You know, <laughs> it's like asking a trivia question that you can't confirm if I'm right or not. So you're guessing Germany, and I'm going <laughs> East Coast. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get the information. All right. You do that. Wow. Um, he is either my phone's listening to me, or he's the first Kurt that pops up on Google. Is that wild? Maybe you did you are you sure you didn't Google him uh, like during the game? I haven't been Googling Kurt Ben Kurt. I can guarantee you that. Uh, all right. I was right. Hit it right on the head from Baltimore, Maryland. Ah uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not okay with his name. I'm really not okay with that. He also has no Wikipedia photo. That's worse than Nick Mullins. <laughs> yeah. Where did he go to school? He went to East Carolina. And the University oh, of Virginia. He's a pirate. Yep. Just like uh, my guy, Eamon Badwin. Oh, very cool. All right, I'm trying to pull up our questions here as we move on. I can jump into them right now. First one coming in from TrueChampFan24. He says, after reading RK's story, I tailed off my instant reaction to Fangio's comments on Locke. There we go. However, I just get this feeling that Locke is not Fangio's guy. I know he's a little old school and likes to call guys out, but this just feels different. Maybe he believes in him so much that he just knows he can do better. But I don't get that feeling at all. Y'all are closer than we can ever get. What is your take? Does Fangio just see more in lock? Or was this John's pick and old Vic wants nothing to do with them? Thanks, guys. Uh, Vic doesn't have guys. That's I, I firmly believe that Vic doesn't have guys. So it's not that he's a fan, or he's a, a Kevin Hogan guy and, and John's a Drew Locke guy. I just think Vic just calls it like he sees it. All of his opinions are based on what he sees on the field, and he's being hard on Drew right now because Drew is not ready to play NFL football. Yeah, exactly, and I think we really dove into it earlier, but I, Vic would not be 
making it this obvious if he really didn't like Drew. I, and also, he talks like this about a lot of guys. It just gets the most attention because it's the rookie quarterback that's trying to make his way up. He's the young gun. He's the guy with all the attention. He says this stuff about many guys. I just, yeah, I, uh, I'm not, I just don't think he's the type of guy to just like, what What reason would he have to not like Drew Locke? I think the only thing that would make Fangio not like a guy is a lack of dedication or or trying to doesn't be better. Work. It doesn't work. Uh, a Paxton Lynch type. Yep. Speaking of Paxton Lynch, Dan Burke chimes in and says, I just realized that next week is Paxton's first game as a Seahawk, <laughs> and it's conveniently against the Broncos, and I can't tell y'all how excited I am for that. Do you think Paxton's excited for it? Hell yeah. You think so? Yep. I think he's uh, he thinks the Broncos did him dirty. You think the Broncos players are excited for it? Yes. Because Vic has no play in this game. Paxton's done nothing for Vic. He, he hasn't hurt him in any way. If it was Vance Joseph, we'd be seeing crazy blitzes dialed up left and right. These players are going to want to show that, yeah, come on, Paxton, we're going to get you back. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I said, I think Paxton thinks the Broncos did him dirty, which is the problem with Paxton Lynch yep. in the first place. Exactly. Um, with that in mind, if you're John Elway, I feel like the only thing you can be is nervous. Mm. Like, oh, my God, what if he – actually does put it together because we've seen him put it together for short periods of time what if he goes like 12 of 14 for 180 yards and two touchdowns you think john has a conversation with vic vic do what Dial you gotta it up do a little yep do it just vanilla against uh who's their third string guy they Gino brought someone smith. yep go vanilla against geno smith go vanilla against russell wilson bring the freaking heat against paxton I think it's not going to be like, don't go vanilla. It's just going to be like, send lots of blitzes. Yeah. And don't, don't, you don't need to show your, you know, your fancy blitz packages, but just make sure you're sending extra guys. Or maybe John says, I don't need to do anything special. He's going to take care of himself. How funny would it be if, uh, if they left a QB spy out there? (laughs) (laughs) Because he runs so much. Yep. (laughs) Next one's from Hard Rocker. Says, would it be a possibility that we could get something for Hogan in the trade? Because even with him looking good in the first preseason game, there does not really feel like there's a place for him on the team. Well, I already addressed that earlier. Um, I think there is 100% a place for him on this team. And I think he's going to make the team. Yeah, I'm not not 100% there yet. uh, Because there's still four more preseason games for Drew Locke to show that he's the guy and show that let's keep this roster spot for someone else. But also, when you go through the roster, Ryan, I I told this on Friday. When you go through the roster, it's not like... We're pinching guys out of the roster. It's pretty easy to get down to 53, and it's it's easy to find a spot here or there. I can absolutely see a route for for Kevin Hogan on this team, but I can also I can also see that Drew takes over and shows that he's the backup. It would depend on the odds. I would put money on it though right now mm. that Kevin Hogan makes the roster. Mm. What right, odds? Per- what odds do you need? I'm not giving them them to you. Uh, just even. Okay. Okay. I bet I bet you could get those somewhere. That's that's easy money. All right, from BC Bronco. New sub from up here in beautiful British Columbia. Been freeloading since December and pulled the trigger while on the ferry over to Vancouver, and I can't wait to get my shirt and rock it at work in front of all these cheeseball Seahawks fans up here. Only real question for y'all is regarding Locke. Was his shaky play due to porous offensive line that he was playing behind, or is it more his development as a passer that needs work? possibly a bit from both columns thanks gents for all you do 
by far the best Broncos coverage out there, and the, Den- Den- the Denver Sports Podcast is legit. I love BSN, so happy to have found it after one of RK's tweets last season. Cheers, BC Bronco. And then he chimes in one more thing. He says, oh, wanted to toss in one more thing. This is my first subscription sports service ever, and only a day in the audio stories are legit and making the family road trip even more enjoyable. That's awesome to hear. I love the family being involved. Yeah, yeah, that that is awesome. Uh, and in terms of Locke, I think we talked about already, but I think you just need to look at three plays that, that we saw from him. One, take one of the overthrows. Well, we'll say the Muhammad one because Chris Collinsworth didn't, didn't excuse Locke on that one. He just overthrew him. Do we know that that was an issue? From lot coming out, yeah, accuracy was a concern, and and a lot of people uh, think that's way bigger issue than others. That's something we'll certainly keep our eye on. It hasn't been a glaring issue out here at camp. That's why I'm not too worried about that. But that's one you can look at, and that's on lock. The next one is the the back to back sacks. The first one, he freaked out and he pulled the ball that down. That was the second one, I think. I think it was the first one, okay, then the second matter. one, the pocket collapsed. Yeah, but the one where he freaked out and pulled the ball down and ran backward. That's a rookie looking like a rookie quarterback. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel Jones looks like that. Kyler Murray's going to look like that. I know you don't, no, wanna, he won't. don't even want to hear that, no, right? And Dwayne Haskins will look like that. That's just going to happen. And then the third one was the pocket just absolutely collapsed around him, and he couldn't do anything. So it's not fair to say that it was all on Drew Locke. It's not fair to say it was all on the offensive line. I haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch. I just want to watch the Locke caught up, and I'm hopefully someone's already made that for me on YouTube. Um, how many passes? Do, so how many passes did he throw? Uh, nine, five at nine. Yep. I wonder how many he had a clean pocket. Seven of eleven. Seven of eleven. Yep. Okay. Oh, it was uh, Hogan who was five of eight. Yep. Um, seven of eleven. I wonder how many of those he had a clean pocket on, and which ones. Now you can't count on a clean pocket, but all I'm saying is I think a lot of the issues that happened, uh, the the should be interception. He was in trouble. He was trying to force something on a third down. And the other play that you didn't mention that I believe is important is his throw to David Williams. Uh, it was a beauty out into the flat from the other uh, from from the center of the field, hit him right in the hands. And if he catches it, it's for sure a first down and gets the chains moving. It's probably, in my opinion, a big gain. Um, it would have taken a the defender getting David Williams by the ankles to stop him from trotting down the sideline. And who knows. Maybe that happens and they get into a little bit of a rhythm as an offense, they go score. So the good news, as I wrote at the end of my article on Drew, is there's four more games, and he's going to get a lot of playing time in all four of those games. Exactly. He definitely will. Next one from Mile High Kansas says, Hey, guys, after seeing how explosive Kalfani Muhammad could be, thoughts on him potentially being the third down back over Riddick and or Booker? Should he continue to progress? Nope. Um... I, I wish I could say that he has a fair and equal chance, but they just paid uh, uh, theoretic like two point five million dollars. Yeah, I He's was. Your third down back. I had a fan reach out to you know you know when some fans reach out and they tag a lot of writers and and a lot of beat people in in something to get their take. Well, I was a little late to the party. Someone had already commented, and it was this person was making a case that this. I don't want to say media member, but this Broncos person that follows the Broncos said uh, Theo Riddick is absolutely fighting for a spot on this team. Mm. I said, what? So I didn't want to respond there, but I'll make it very clear now. Theo Riddick is a lock. He, you write him in Sharpie right Unless now. Unless he gets hurt. 
Right. To, to, to make this team. He is on this team, Ryan. There's no question about it. They wouldn't have gone through all the trouble of courting him. Paying him more than you know the vet, a lot more than the vet well maybe not a lot more but more than the vet minimum. It was a five day process. How how often do you see that happen where teams wait and let the reports just sit that he's going to sign that they want him and he just gets five days to make his decision. Yeah, no one is um, no one is waiting five days for a camp body. Exactly, exactly. He is making this team so. The question is, who's the fourth running back if they keep four? Is it Muhammad? Is it Devontae Jackson? Is it, d- does he spike him? Do Does Devontae Booker say, no, you guys have to keep me? That's where the decision is. The top three are set in stone. Uh, just quickly on Devontae Booker. I have heard rumblings. I wouldn't say this is uh, uh, for sure, but I've heard rumblings that the Broncos are exploring trade options mm. uh, with Devontae Booker. So, And I guess uh, you can call that. Uh, we'll keep it at rumblings we'll keep it at rumblings rumblings that the broncos are exploring trade options and and that's one of the reasons why he didn't play oh there we go um so that makes sense maybe they can get like a conditional seventh right i believe that's about the best they could do there but it is overcrowded now and theo riddick is going to make the team so as it relates to kalfani muhammad i hope uh, the Broncos can keep him around in one way or another because he is a, a nice little weapon. The thing is, I just don't think the Broncos have a use for him. And so it's not a knock on his talent. It's just you have Philip Lindsay, you have Royce Freeman, you have Theo Riddick. He doesn't necessarily do anything new that none of those guys do, and that's going to make his path to this team very tough. Exactly. All right. Before we move along here, we're still doing our deal. And Zach? Zach. We are close Ooh. to topping last year's number. Ooh. And I will be uh, elated if we are able to surpass the number we set last year, which at the time, I can't remember if it's been topped, at the time was a record yep. for a promo code on BSN. Um, we ha- With training camp still a nice little chunk left here, we have a really good chance to, to topple that. Uh, and like I said, I will be ecstatic. So... If you're still a freeloader and you're still on the edge and you're still thinking about it, just think about that we have a chance to do something really, really cool and and you can be a part of it if you use the code BRONCOSCAMP. And when you do that, you're going to get $10 off your subscription. So you get a full year for $34.99. It comes out to $2.91 a month. It comes out to less than $0.10 a day. It's a hell of a deal. And and we're going to throw in a free shirt of your choice. Uh, My guy Joseph, who came to uh, the watch party or what do you call it the meetup meet the other night he was rocking the fangio uh the godfather which is a good one Eamon badwin was rocking the uh phil Lindsay homegrown mm. at the hall of fame when i ran into him there mm. uh the options are solid so make sure you subscribe check out what we have get your free shirt uh and if you want to just hold on to the promo code because remember the the sale is not going to last forever but the promo code will last you Maybe you want to wait for the next Bronco shirt to come out before you uh, before you make a move on that. Whatever it is, make sure you subscribe and, and get in on this content. This is a no-brainer. Flip RK and I a nickel each day. And in the process, get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a subscription so you can know exactly what happens on today's practice minutes after the practice ends. Or, you know what? You can just listen to our sweet voices read you exactly what went down today. Boom. All right. And you can listen to more of our sweet voices talking to you 
after this short break. What's up guys, Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins Best Sports Bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials, and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect, just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. All right, it's the final segment on the BSN Broncos podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in with us on this Sunday. Spend some time with your family today, but also spend some time with us. It's, you know, it's a trade-off. Give us an hour, give them an hour. It's, you know, that's all they need. <laughs> and the next question here comes in from Iceman. He says, hey, boys, I know Vic was a stud in the game, and I hope he's better today. But he has started a new culture with the Broncos, and even though, even though he doesn't want one. I don't think it's that he doesn't want one. He just doesn't necessarily believe in the term. Uh, he says, the Broncos' new culture is called winning boys 1-0 in the Fangio era we know the Hall of Fame in the next four games do not count but they sure do matter if you want the rookies to start their beginning as a Bronco with a winning culture from the get-go my takeaway from the game is that it was very entertaining Sunday night football game on a Thursday <laughs> your, de your definition of entertainment is far different than Iceman is jonesing for football I was jonesing for football too until like 48 seconds into the game <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, this isn't football at all. <laughs> Anyways, he goes on and says, uh, we all know that we should not be overreacting, but Winfrey showed he's a gamer and a baller and a steal in the sixth. We did learn that the Broncos' depth is better than the Dirty Birds. Many of our players are impressive, to say the least, against comparable talent on the other team. I have to ma mention Sh Matt Schaub is done in the NFL. <laughs> Their third-string kid was injured and was the best uh, quarterback on the field last night. I hope he recovers so he can put Matt out to pasture. Oh, wow. my goodness. The SNF crew was in midseason form for August 1st. By the way, August 1st is Colorado Day, and it certainly was. Get well, Vic, and as always, go Broncos. Yeah, I mean, Vic is one tough guy. I love you, Iceman, and I love uh, all that you comment. But if we're going off this philosophy, I hate to bring it up, but then – Vance Joseph established a winning culture during his first preseason game, during his second Four preseason no. game, during his third preseason game, and during his fourth preseason game. And Vic didn't say he needed to do that. He didn't say he wanted to do that. He said the complete opposite. Uh, Vance took a different approach. Vance said is it, it is important to win in the preseason because, he, and he said exactly what Iceman is saying, Vance said you establish a winning culture in the preseasons. <laughs> so, Iceman, I love you, but preseason don't mean a thing. No, it don't. And uh, shout out to Vic. Man's got stones in more ways hey, than one. Hopefully he's got one fewer stone today. I was very uncomfortable with the uh, line of questioning <laughs> about, like, a rock being inside of this man's <laughs> manhood. I just, I didn't want to I just didn't feel like he should have to answer questions about that. I don't know. Uh, and I wasn't the only one. Uh, a PR representative of the Broncos was rolling their eyes at the <laughs> amount of questions there were. I was surprised. It, it was like 40% of the time. 
I know, like when I went back to use stuff for the game, because obviously I'm not writing about Vic Fangio's kidney stones. <laughs> I had I skipped about yep. forty percent yep. of the presser. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Uh, for Mike, who says I'm an uh, hey guys another and Mike real quick, your email is your uh, username. I don't know if you want to change that. <laughs> uh, if you need help with that, email help at bsndenver.com. I assume you probably don't want that, but maybe. He, that's his uh, advertisement for him. And, exactly. and if that's the case, uh, then uh, let us know and we'll read it. He says, hey, guys, another new subscriber from Montana. Shout out to Henry. Love the uh, love the pod and my new Philip Lindsay homegrown shirt. Thanks uh, for all the info and keep up the good work. Ah, uh, Thank you so much. We're so happy that you're rolling with us, Mike and Ryan. When you look at that email address, are we, are we thinking he's a dentist? Are we thinking he's a professional cleaner? What What, what, what route do you go? I don't know. I was thinking he might be able to help clean up some kidney stones. <laughs> or maybe help clean up this tent, which, again, is just people are disrespecting us. Don't get me started. Um, Next speaking one from- of stones, <laughs> from Hacksack. He says, so Zach was saying the other day about Vic being, in essence, the defensive coordinator and Skangs running the offense. I've been thinking something along the lines of this for a while, but it begs the question, who is the head coach? Obviously, it's Vic, but if he's focused heavily on the defense, then who is taking the role of the traditional head coach looking at both sides of the ball equally? No one. No one. John. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Some people may say, "Uh uh-oh, that doesn't seem good. Well, you know where this was also happening? In 2015, when Gary Kubiak, he, he he was a little more, maybe he had a little bit. No, he didn't. He didn't. It was Wade Phillips' defense. It was Gary Kubiak's offense. And, Ryan, did that work out okay? Yeah, it worked out great. And you know who else it worked out for? The Los Angeles Rams last year. You guys, Sean McVay doesn't even watch the defense when they're on. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I'm not exaggerating. He doesn't watch. His back is turned. He literally goes to the, to the bench on the sidelines, looks down. He wants to see the pictures. He's looking at plays. He's going over film. He doesn't even watch the defense play. It doesn't matter. Uh, Vic Fangio is the head coach of this team. If a player, you know, has something they want to talk about, it's Vic that they're going to go to. He does have an eye on everything. He's just a defensive expert, and that's what John wanted. Exactly. Next one coming in from Jewel Flacco, and this one's good. He says, is it crazy to either of you that Josie Jewel, spelled J-U-L-L, isn't just a starting inside linebacker year two, but an unquestioned one at that? Sounds like since Todd's injury, they've only been playing guys next to Jewel and that his spot isn't just safe, but rock solid. The whole offense, or the whole offseason was about whether Jewel can take the jump and crack into the starting lineup, but he might not have what Fangio was looking for. It seems like Jewel quietly locked himself in as a, as a starter with barely a peep. I'll tell you one thing, Jewel Flacco. 100% right. There's no question that the other Jewel, Josie, is absolutely a rock-solid starter for this year. Do you have a problem with that? After what they did this offseason of, like, doing nothing? No. I don't either. I think uh, he's the best option they have there, so he's the starter. Yeah, and... Also, now that Joe Jones is hurt, could be IR for him. Seems to be IR for him. Yep. Uh, Now there's really no competition there. Exactly, exactly. And I think once you had flu- fluctuation from one side of things, you needed uh, stability on the other side. Exactly. 
All right, he goes on and says, P.S. on the penalties at practice, seems easy enough to tell one player to commit a penalty during the down without telling the whole team, especially a vet like Wolf. It tests consistency between downs. Have guys ready for the down, get interrupted, move some amount of yardage, then try to do it all again with the same focus. Hard to have the same will to attack after that interruption. It seems even more scripted because the two penalties in question. It tested the offense and the defense on their readiness uh, down after down and then still resulted in the same down and distance scenario that Fangio wanted to test, especially after both the offense and defense uh, at the line to get ready for the snap twice before the actual snap. It's practicing continued focus despite derailments. It also practices the team's approach to penalties. Are the guys supposed to give the offending player a pat on the back, or are those supposed to bark at him and lo about locking in? Practice penalties that seem organic because Vic only told the offending player to commit the penalty. Uh, test the team. Test what the team does and pen when penalized, and if they are sticking to the Fangio script even between plays, and if they stay locked in. Jewel Flacco is either Vic Fangio. Or he's the players that made the penalties in those times. I like your defense. It makes sense. I'm not buying it. I'm, st I'm still not buying it. Okay, the last one comes in from Mr. Freeze. He says, I don't know if you've seen the video of Baker shotgunning a beer at an Indians game, but man, am I jealous of the people of Cleveland. A sentence I never thought I'd say in my life. Baker's such an easy guy to root for. We need one. Did yes. You, did you see it? Yes. You know what was the, by far <laughs> the most impressive part? What? What was the most impressive part to you? How quick? Nope. Not at all. What? He opened the shotgun with his tooth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never seen that. You say impressive, I say risky. It's risky business. Uh, he was clearly an experienced veteran in this. You open, uh, you open some beers with your teeth. No. Yeah. D d don't you pull the, the top off? No. I, I, can, I, I know many different ways to pop the top off a beer, but none of it will be with my teeth. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure I'm way too scared to do that. I hate the feeling of metal on my teeth. I swore I've seen you do that in the past 10 days. Maybe not. What? Maybe not. I'm going to keep a close eye on you next time we have Where a Where do you one. think you saw this? <laughs> the bar crawl? No. Uh, I guess it was the past two weeks. At uh, Zach's house? Yep. Couldn't have been me. <laughs> I can open it with... You give me anything, I'll figure out a way to open it, but I'm not opening it with my teeth. Well, then I think you're a smart man. Yes, but shotgunning a beer with your teeth isn't really risky. You just have to puncture a little piece of aluminum. One of my friends did their first shotgun, and they looked so uncomfortable after. This was years ago. I'm like, what? You know, it's uncomfortable. You know, you'll, 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 you'll get through it. It's okay. Still, like, ten minutes later, so uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, this is weird. He then coughs up a piece of the can. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, disturbing. Yeah. How? <laughs> I have no idea. How big was the piece? Uh, it was decent size. It was it was concerning. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Anyways, Baker is an absolute beast for that. Oh. Um, and there's something that is undeniable. Yes. We need a chugging video of Drew Locke. <laughs> All the cool kids are doing it. Yep. And not, like, out of a Dixie cup. Like, who was it? Aaron Rodgers? Yep. Of course it was Aaron Rodgers. Of course. Of course. They don't even sell beers that small. <laughs> How did he even get that? It was like the water cup you get at like the dentist's office. Because it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm not surprised at all, Ryan. Your hate of Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is so weird. It's just it's just the truth. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today on the BSN Broncos podcast. 
We appreciate you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you guys for getting us back to five stars on iTunes. We yes. are back. We're back, baby. And uh, we'll appreciate anyone else who helps make sure that we can't have it taken away from us. So uh, give us a rating. And if you're feeling extra generous, write a little nice, write a little message about what you like about this podcast. Uh, and subscribe to BS in Denver and buy Breckenridge beers and do all the other stuff that you got to do. All right. We love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. It's getting me down, waiting up for you. It's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 